You're listening to Father Lead. And it's come to this. I don't know about NASCAR. There it is. From the man cave of Mayhem Studios, here's Timothy Martin and Connor Bunn. Welcome to Father Lead episode 26. Connor, we're back. Yep. We are back. Wow, that was a very. We never left. That was a very enthusiastic. We're back. It's been a long 72 hours. Oh, we'll get to that crap. Crap? Crap. The only thing's crap is that mustache Shut you're rocking up. right now. Okay. Um, we got. Let's start off right off the bat with people. We're not going to be able to watch this, thankfully. I'm so excited about that. No, I'm pissed. That means you got to bring it back next week. I'm not bringing week. it back next week. Yeah, you are. Um, I have a mustache, and it like comes down the sides, and it's crooked. And why do I have this? Because you lost trivia. And like a month ago, I was supposed to dye my hair blonde, which or, you wanted to do, which is stupid because why would we put the wager on something you wanted to? So do? I have cut off jeans, I have a Davy Allison shirt, and I have a mustache. And so, are you happy? Happy is uh, I think that's a creeped out would be the best word. I can't take you serious with that thing on. I mean, I just kind of want to rip it off. Well, please do rip uh, it off. Uh. Ah, Who should tweeze the hairs one by didn't one? Didn't we? Didn't we have an episode twenty six last week? I thought we did. <laughs> I don't know. Is this Groundhog Day? It's just repeating. <laughs> thought we had an episode twenty six. I'm not sure what happened with that. Uh, we got a lot to catch up on, though. Uh, a lot has happened because you know this is the first full podcast in two weeks, getting back into the regular swing of things. Uh, but I, I think we have to start out off by saying happy birthday. Connor Bunn, 21, 21 years, old. years old. All right. Freshly 21. Turned 21 yesterday. So uh, That's right. It was Sunday. Yeah. So yeah. so explain the weekend. What happened? Well, I guess the best way to sum it up in the words of the late, great Colonel Sanders is, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. Connor had a huge party. Yeah, it was. I it got out of hand. I wasn't invited. You were invited, but you, you couldn't come. You got adult responsibilities, which I now... Hopefully, don't have to take on those for a long time. I can delay those for as much as possible because I don't want kids. Let's get that out of the room. Wow. Um, but yeah, you were certainly <laughs> invited. More or less, you were security, looking at right. all the cars outside of my house. I wanted to show up in a police outfit and 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 start hauling people out. They would have. I was you. watching. I was watching um, the people, and I, I mean, I almost called the law quite a few times. There was litter in my yard. I, yeah, there was litter all up the street. Um, Maybe it wasn't such a great idea to. Yeah, it was stupid. Post that was my stupid address when you don't even know who follows wel- your page. Welcomed everybody. Yeah, to the exactly, party. exactly. You don't do that in this day and age. I'm sorry. Well, I did that last year, and just my immediate friends showed up, which was great, and I was thankful for that. But you uh, also had other people posting that too. I mean, who knows who posted over and over and over again? Yeah, I don't know, uh, but we had quite a few people. I'd say give or take, like at one time there was there had to be like pushing 40 like 35 40 in my basement and that's when it got red and those people just walked right in through your side door right into the house down into the basement yeah and i know that happened yeah it i mean i at that point i was not in my right mind uh i had a few in me so what were you doing i mean did you do you even remember the party i do remember the party i for the most part i was for for the beginning of the party i was bouncing around talking to everybody thanking everybody for coming and then Where's my presents? Where's my gifts? And then they we started playing music, and then others started playing beer pong. And, you know, I was just talking to my friends, just drinking and stuff. And people were coming in, coming and going as they will. And at one point, 
I was just sitting there talking to my friend and I looked up and like six of these random people walk yeah, in. Yeah, they, they all came out of a, a vehicle. I and, believe I witnessed that. And I remember thinking, because I mean, I was... I was, Do I know these people? I was sober enough to know what I was doing, know these people? but I was drunk enough to know I was having a good time. So I, w- I was thinking like, man, I don't know these people. This is uh, So Cole and I kind of, he was all the way across the room, and him and I just made eye contact, and he gave me that look like, yeah, dude, <laughs> we've got to weed out some of these people. So, and Cole grabbed me, and he was like, yo, we start, we got to start kicking people out. And I'm like, dude, I can't. Dude, Nobody, nobody's gonna take me serious right now. Like I leave. I'm, I'm drunk. You should have okay. walked up and said, "Get out of here, leave." <laughs> so, I I was like, "All right, dude, whatever." So he was he was like, "All right, well, let's do it." So I pretty much let's just do it. It was like <laughs> I pretty much just followed every. I followed him around and and you like uh, you you started to you know, I mean, how did you pick and choose? I mean, <laughs> I just am trying to picture this in my head. It's, well, no, I I was assigned the role. I was <laughs> I was assigned the role of going around to my immediate friends, like my my closest friends. So you and, got them in on it. And saying and saying, hey, disregard this announcement. <laughs> oh, this, okay. this does not include y'all. Okay. Just stay put. And they were like, okay, what's going on? I was like, just hold on. <laughs> so that was my job. And while I was doing that, Cole was walking around saying, hey, we're shutting it down, dapping people up. Thanks for coming. And then like literally like a swarm of like thirty people left my basement out. Yeah, like, and I went. I was like, because I I you know I was in and out of the living room, and we yeah. have this you know huge window, so I can mm. see everything that goes on. And at one point, I was thinking, boy, Connor's got a really huge party going on over there. And then yeah. it was like I felt like it was eleven o'clock, and I was like, where's everybody at? I mean, surely they're gonna do a birthday countdown at midnight, and you know everybody, I don't know, chug a beer or something. And it was like everybody was gone. I was like, boy, that party really died. No, it was like the running of the bulls outside of my house. So everybody left, and then. Or all the randoms left, and then we were there. It was just like me and like, like ten of my friends and like nine or ten of Cole's friends, and then we would just kind of like, it was like a small little kickback from there, which was nice because everybody was, you know, we had, you know, obviously plenty to drink. So how many? Uh, and you didn't even save me a beer as you said you would. Cause I was on that. Huh? It's disappointing. On that. Huh? Very disappointing. Well, and, 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 actually, and, I was drinking Jack Daniels and <laughs> and uh, Miller Lights. That's not a good combination. Yeah. Well, I was being Liquor. I was the Jack Daniels was being poured down me. Like every thirty minutes down you. Every every thirty minutes, my buddy was like, "Hey, hey, you, you got to take a so sip how, of this." Okay. <laughs> but more or less, I was drinking Miller Lights and Twisted Teas, and then I took. You a sh- never drink Miller Lights. I drink. I took a few sips on the golf course the other week, and said so this is pretty oh, good. Yeah, that's right. So I I drank a Miller and then or a couple Millers, and then I had a couple Twisted Teas, a shot of Burnett's. And then probably like six or seven big gulps of Jack Daniels, and man, I was. I, the first time I ate since Saturday was, which my party was Saturday. My birthday was actually yesterday on Sunday. The first time I actually ate from Saturday was today. Who at was Chuck e. the first person that texted you at midnight, "Happy birthday"? Uh, probably you, but I don't Boom. know. I don't know, dude. I wasn't even in Boom. my right mind. Boom. I don't remember telling most of my friends bye. That's why I texted them Sunday morning. I was like, hey, I don't remember telling well, you bye, but thanks for coming. At a party like that where you got, you know, I don't know, people coming in from out of state from, uh, you know, they're like, there's these, you know, they're coming from the shanties, coming yeah. from other states to this. The mountain <laughs> man's coming I mean, there down. was like a line of cars down 220. It was like, uh, you've probably never seen Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner, no. but they're this line going to the to, going to the field, uh, the baseball field. I mean, that's what it seemed like. It was full sin to the bun household. <laughs> I mean, it was fun. Well, that's great. Uh, but um, I like kickbacks more. I like it when it's just. Yeah, I'm not a. Ba- I'm not a. I'm not a huge 
crowd. Either. Yeah, but I'm thankful uh, for everybody who came through. Um, and so the birthday table, did it fill up with gifts? Did you all have a gift opening ceremony? Uh, yeah, there's a few gifts on there. <laughs> were there? Nah, there was. <laughs> you know, when you hit a certain age, it's like the gifts. So what were the? What was the big birthday? The toys turn into booze. Was there a big birthday present? I don't know. I mean, I got two new tattoos on my leg. Oh, that's cool. That's a. Uh, that was a pretty big sin. That was on Saturday, but that's also a funny story because my appointment was originally yesterday, but you know my homie who does my tattoos texted me and was like, "Hey, uh, I just realized I'm ripping up the floors on Sunday. Will you be available Saturday around five? And my party was at eight, so I was like, "Oh man, that's pushing it, but yeah, whatever, send it." So I show up there at five. He gets to tattooing my right leg. And right when he starts, the power starts flickering in and out. I mean, we had horrible weather here all it's weekend. Having horrible weather right now, it's done nothing but rain. Yeah. So hopefully tomorrow will be sunny. But the power started flickering in and out. We just, like, looked at each other. And we're, it was kind of like that, dude, look. And then his, uh, I guess the the shop guy who runs the whole place came in and was like, all right, Joe, like, if this keeps flickering in and out, we're going to have to shut it down. Move it to the basement. But, yeah, I was I was thinking, I was like, man, why don't I just bring him to the house? Yeah, bring him to the house. And he'll, he'll do it. But... So yeah, he but he finished up like right at seven thirty. So I was able to finish that, get home, change clothes, and by the time I changed clothes, everybody was was pulling up. So well, uh, it's fun. Yeah, cool birthday gift. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was it was fun. Now I now I'm doing a lot of hydrating because I did a lot of dehydrating this past weekend. So. Uh, another birthday. This uh, one of our number one fans, Car Carlita. Yeah, Carlita had a birthday. Yeah, her where birth the hell is my camera? Ask her, dude. I don't know where it's at. Yeah, her birthday was uh, was two days before mine. So she turned twenty. I turned twenty one. So yeah, happy birthday. To Can her. I have my camera back? It's some, you have to take that up with her. I've, is she not going to give us the camera? I'm trying back? to wheel and deal. I is think I think I'm going to hang out with her tomorrow. So I'm gonna I'm just going to steal it from the house. I don't understand. Um, it's disappointing. Yeah, Carla's been pretty busy this summer. I can't yeah. blame her. I okay. I I get so tired of hearing you you millennials. I'm so busy this yeah, summer. Yeah, I'm we so know busy you, Timothy. Summer. Nobody's busy but you. I'm so busy. You know, you. I see her ride by, ride by, stop. You run it out into the car. They, you can't. There can't be a camera right there. Look, dude, it's not my camera. <laughs> it's out. It's out of my control. But hopefully, we'll have it back next week. I mean, I don't know why you're complaining about the camera, because if we had a camera right well, now, I'm that right. hideous stash would be filled up I would Photoshop my face. With what, a bag over with it? With that Chase Elliott face I, that I did. I offered to, you know, maybe you just shirt. wear a bag with eye slits and a mouth hole, and you were like, no. So, but here you are with cut-off mm. jeans and a mustache. Okay. And a Davy Allison shirt. Uh, th that's the only good thing about this outfit. Is the Davy Allison shirt? I don't know. The cut-off short. You might have oh, to wear those to Darlington. I'm, I may. I may do that. It'll be the right culture for it. I have to get these. I have to. I don't know how you do that. Fray them. Do you just do this? I mean, is that what you take, do? Take tweezers and you pull it, and then once you put them in the washer and dryer, it'll fray out more. Yeah, I'm gonna do have it to do my that. jeans. <laughs> so Darling, Darlington's gonna be here before we know it. Yeah, back in uh, late August, early September. Um, um, no, Labor Day weekend. And right? yeah, what else ha has happened? Oh, we uh, hit the golf course. You went out to the golf course for the first time. Got to ride around. Drove yeah, me around. That's all I did is drove around. Drove me around. How was that? It was fun. How, am I a good golfer or what? Well, what was your score? It was like eighty-one. Nah, should have been in the seventies. Should have been in the fifties. Anything, <laughs> anything above fifty is pretty disappointing. So, but I mean, golf is—I guess golf is your element. Jesus Christ, these women play hard. It's still one zero in um, the seventy-first minute. Yeah. 
Uh, Connor is That's watching nuts. this soccer game right now. It's World Cup. Trying to do a podcast. Joe's, <laughs> I'm a good multitasker. It has been raining since. It's raining kittens, bunnies, and little baby seals since Friday. And Clyde's very depressed about the rain. Yeah, about Clyde. Um, he's very depressed. Unfortunately, Clyde, I have the wildest dog I've ever seen in my life. He's not trained. Okay, but still, he he wants to attack you. He like knocks people down. Cause he's not trained. He doesn't know any better. Oh, I mean, I just don't know if I can do this much. Yeah, take him to the About Pet Center. I don't want to get him I, trained. I can't do this much longer. We also had a huge trip to South Boston. Yeah, made the return to South Boston. The return. And this was a much bigger weekend than, than I think the first time we went because, um, well, Deegan was there, so maybe not according, maybe not for you. Um, but I guess seeing Deegan was pretty cool and getting her interview was pretty cool. But we had Daniel Sylvester racing, uh, a big fan of the podcast, uh, Jordan Pickrell, he was racing, big fan of the podcast. Jeb Burton was there. Yeah. Um, and so we also had a huge moment there. We got down to the track. Great weather this time around. Yeah, we got to see all six series race. Yeah, we did. And, I mean, those were some good races. Yeah, they were. And we got down to the track, and first thing we did was we went over, and we, uh, I think Daniel Salas from inside his trailer came out and uh, and and talked to us. And then I, I guess the kind of the maybe the highlight moment. Um, well, the highlight had to be him giving us his merch and we giving him right. Some stickers so to yeah, put we got a hat. And so we've got the Silvestri hat and the new uh, postcards. And then we walked over to the car and took the ceremonial photo of him putting the Fuddle Lead sticker on the car. Yep. That was a huge moment. Yeah, so we're officially sponsoring. Yeah, so we are officially sponsoring. Which is cool. Uh, And and I think his dad was expecting a check. Um, And his dad dad is afraid to let us drive any of Daniel's cars, we learned. He's not afraid to. Legends cars are hard to drive. He wants us to sign some type of waiver saying we'll pay for any damage. What? Maybe you need to sign the waiver because I won't push it that hard. I really want to see you get behind that car. I'll pay for that's the, the damage. last thing you, know you what? want. No, I'll do. pay for the. I will pay for the damage if you back it into the wall because I think that's going to happen. I, you need to be put in your driving place. You think you're this great because you've beat me on these go kart tracks, and we got to have another rematch coming up. The summer rematch is coming, and where and when, dude. But you know, you you, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm at a loss for words. Yeah, because I'm undefeated this you, year against and you. And whenever you five and lose up. something, you find a way to twist it around like you didn't lose. Well, every time you beat me, it's been under whack scenarios. Right, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You had to beat me straight up. That's not true. That is 100. percent First time true. we went, I beat you straight up. I passed you. In Which one. was where? I even have it on record. You you admitted that I did beat you. Okay, and fastest lap. No. Who gives a damn? <laughs> no one cares about the fastest <laughs> lap. Stupid. Oh, um, and then we also at South Boston got to talk with Jeb Burton. Now this was a huge moment for me because it was like a, a full circle moment because back in 2001, I was interviewing. I went down when I was in high school. I went down and did an hour long interview with Ward Burton um, at the Martinsville Speedway, right on top of his hauler. And so it's like fast forward 19 years, 18 years later, and I'm standing there in a trailer and we are interviewing Jeb Burton. And uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, Jeb Burton is a pretty cool guy. 
And we've got that interview right now. A lot now. of stuff he, I didn't know. Like he's well, play well, the interview. Yeah, I mean, do you want to? Do you, do you just want to say what Jeb said, or do you want me to play the interview? Stupid. Look, dude. The last thing you need Look, to be dude. doing is don't, don't, don't bring it up. The mustache. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was saying the last thing you need to do is talk to me like that with that mustache on. Exactly. Just stay in the draft. Here's buddy, our okay. Here's our interview with Jeb Burton. And we're here at South Boston Speedway with Jeb Burton. Jeb, big weekend for you. Talk about your, your role with this team and, and how excited you are for Daniel. Yeah, um, you know, Peyton Sellers and I and his brother HC started this deal a couple years ago with Sellers Burton Racing and, um, you know, had a couple different drivers come come through and we, uh, this is our third, fourth race with Daniel and he's caught right on. The, the car is really good and uh, Daniel's been doing a really good job and I think tonight we'll have a shot at the win. What do you see out of Daniel that could potentially make him a, a future star in racing? Uh, Daniel, you know, the first day we came over here, I got in the car and drove, and then it took him a little while, but he, at the end of the day, he was only a couple tenths off of me, and I knew right then, you know, as a 16-year-old kid, we got something here. So the biggest thing has been trying to rein in Daniel, his strengths and weaknesses, and figure out how to make Daniel better. And um, He's been doing a really good job, and communication's been key, just trying to teach him about the cars and and uh, what what's bad and what's good and and being consistent with his line and feedback so we're really excited about this weekend uh yesterday i got in the car and drove a little bit and then daniel drove and the car is fast so i think we'll have a shot at the wind tonight do you ever get itching to go out there when you're because you're you know you're a racer so yeah. you're kind of standing here watching everybody else race yeah i mean that car uh me and my buddy jeremy ratliff work on it all the time and my, my whole late model team that I started racing with is working on this team. Um, so it's, uh, it, I have a lot of, of pride into that car. It's, it's, it's our baby. Uh, I really want to drive it too, but at the same time, we're trying to grow this program and um, to have someone like Daniel driving has been fun. We see you working a role with Junior Motorsports in and out of the eight car every now and then. You've been running well in the eight car how motivating is it for you to know that you can run really well but maybe the next week you might not be able to step in the car like this week at Pocono yeah it, it's kind of frustrating to be honest you know it's hard to build consistency um with the way things are going like that but you know we, we finished fifth and seventh uh we're missing a little something to get to those top three guys but we're taking a new car to Michigan next week I'm really excited about that we'll have a new sponsor LS Tractor on the car next week so I'm pumped up about Michigan. I've always been fast there, taking something new. So I think we have a shot to run in that top three next week. Do you have any plans to run any cup races this year? I've ran two already this year, um, but I'm not sure if we're going to run any more this year. Um, you know, I'm trying to trying to find my way, and, and uh, I'll drive whatever I can for sure. Well, what's it like being at Junior Motorsports? What's that organization like compared to others you've been part of? It's been, uh, you know, big eye-opener for me for my partners that's why I went there is to build all my partners and all my partners are really happy being at Junior Motorsports so they really take care of my sponsors and, and me and we're, we're trying to get a little bit better on the racetrack fifth and seventh isn't bad but we want to win so it's racing and it's tough and uh, I got a good team behind me there and we're working hard already to try to find more races and more partners for next year. How's your dad doing with the whole wildlife foundation? He's doing good the foundation has been uh, pretty busy um, they, uh, they've been doing a bunch of great things with youth outreach stuff and some other programs they got going on. And we also, I just started a, um, a hunting outdoor reality show called Crossroads with the Burdens. Um, it's going to be aired on the Sportsman Channel in July. And it'll go all the way through uh, December. So we're really excited about that too. And we just got a bunch of different things going on. 
Alrighty, and and <clears throat> he finished uh, top ten in the uh, in the Xfinity race this weekend in Michigan. Uh, we did this interview a little over a week ago. Confirmed twenty thirty Daniel Silvestri NASCAR Cup champion with Jeb Burton on the box. <laughs> and for the twenty thirty, and for the lead, I talked to his dad about that full sponsorship of the car. Yeah, you just want a twenty Martinsville. Well, I told him I'd write him a check and cash it after the put Martinsville. Put him on the payroll. Thing. So he's got a great family. Daniel does. Yeah, he does. And he's really a, he's great a great family. kid. Got a great head on his shoulders. So he's got a really bright future in the sport. I want whatever he does. Well, I want so bad for him to get into the Cup Series because then we can have that connection. I mean, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, we can have that connection. But that mo, you know, that we kind of knew him. We we watched him. We talked with him. We were friends with him. Getting into the sport. Yeah. Uh, I think that that'd be really really cool. Yeah, so he's definitely got a bright future on his hands. Um, and and he finished top five in the two races that they had at South Boston that weekend. Uh, yep. couldn't couldn't get the car running on the bottom at all. Um, so he was having some problems in the corners. They kind of tweaked it during the the. They ran one race, and then a couple races later, they ran the second race. But um, you know, he got it got it running a little bit better. Uh, gotta say congratulations to Jordan Pickerel who got another pole dominated the race Another, yeah I mean, that 88 car he drives i don't know what they got under the hood of that thing but man it's on rails every time he steps out on is the that track. a factory engine under there i mean is that the engine that that car came in under there i don't know we need i want to get behind the wheel of that 88 see if i can turn this some fast i'd lap. like to drive that car i, I know it seemed like that'd be a good car your brother has one of those cars right so yeah but it's not stock right <laughs> but that i think that would be a cool car to drive yeah yeah i mean i know how he drives it he just said he he lifts about I mean, he's still in the throttle, but he lifts going in, and then, like, center of the corner, he just hammers it right back down. So I'd be interested to get behind the wheel of, of his car and take it for a lap. I promise, Jordan, if you're listening, dude, I promise I will not back it into the fence. Just let me take a couple laps. Also, oh, now we've moved on from Daniel because they want us to sign some paper. So now we're going to try to get Jordan to let us drive the car. Yeah. I don't think Jordan's going to let you drive that car. He doesn't want to mess up that car. Look, every driver needs a good relief driver and if something ever his like i talked to his brother his brother's not interested in driving his his brother just likes to work on him so i mean i think it's just a good connection to have you know if, just in case anything happened to jordan like if he got tied up in the south boston bathroom and just couldn't make it out and you know i had to step in the car i mean it's definitely fast so jordan give me a give me a call and <laughs> i'm looking to drive who are you gonna call and uh, we, we talked to Daniel, too, down at uh, South Boston, did an interview with him. You can find that on our Instagram page at For the Lead. Uh, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Whenever we get a, uh, I'm going to do some, I'm going to have to do, a, I, I'm doing a green screen video this week. I've had enough. With the mustache. No, no. Well, anybody that knows me knows I do not completely fully shave my face. But we get new listeners every week. So maybe they see that mustache and they're like, wow, this guy is an NASCAR fan. I rarely shave my face down to the skin um i like to keep that shadow so I've, I've done this and it's going to take me a few days to get where i really like it back so i'm really pissed off at you because of that it's way of the road dude sorry another, maybe, ne- maybe next time you'll win in trivia another moment that happened kind of a big moment i would say the big fireworks moment was this that happened at south boston in the night it's trying to climb out what's her name jessica dana Carrying her yeah. over the pit wall. Yeah, and um, what'd you say? I guess she's all right, isn't she? 
I guess she's already didn't she? I don't know. She's been wearing a boot for the past week, so. Oh, oh, has she? Yeah, I saw her Instagram story. She's in a boot. And you saw the wreck. I kind of didn't see much of it, but yeah, she hit the wall. She hit that opening of the wall where you walk through when you come through the gate hard to go down licks. to the pits. I mean, it ripped the fuel cell out of it. Car caught fire. She got out of there. I think adrenaline was probably going crazy. She uh-huh, got out of the man. car, and once she stepped down, the, the okay, I'm Gosh, hurt, I'm hurt <laughs> moment happened. And it's like, oh, man. Yeah. Um. But glad that she's okay. Wow. Could have been a lot worse, though. So thank goodness it's just her foot. Because, I mean, she hit head on to a wall that does not have a safer barrier. That's just straight concrete. So, you know, I hate it for Jessica, but uh, glad to see her walk out okay. She looks like she'll be fine. So hopefully she'll be back at South Boston racing in that division again. All righty. Well, we've got still a lot more to talk about. We've got some NASCAR nuggets to talk about. We've got, uh, you know, quickly catch up on what happened at Pocono. Then we'll do the whole Michigan hey, recap. who won Pocono? I can't remember. It's been two weeks. Um, yeah, Kyle Busch. All right. We'll continue. continue. Uh, Pocono recap. We'll run through that. Then we got uh, we got somebody calling in from Michigan. He's at the track right now. Uh, probably going to be in the media center when he calls. So he'll call in. Let us know what's happening at Michigan. The race just wrapped up today. Primetime Michigan race because of the rain yesterday. Connor will do his quick donkey of the day, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, but we'll take a quick break. Crash. Travel. You're listening to Father Lead from the Man Cave of Mayhem Studios. Now back to Timothy Martin and Connor Bunn. Here we go. Kyle Busch, a free wide dive to the bottom of the racetrack. Good, good, good. Bye-bye. Bye-bye is right. Kyle Busch drove away. From I thought this was going to be a different. What? Didn't you say you wanted? Yeah, I was going to play the other one, but uh, that, was, that was pretty fitting considering that was Pocono. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, Kyle Busch, man, drove away in uh, in Pocono for uh, his fourth win of the season. That was a disappointing race. For who? Not me. Oh, uh, let me guess. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think the racing was quite. Uh, the restarts were not. Poco- they were not. I mean, they were not Pocono type restarts. You can't get spread out in this in this package. You can't get spread out on restarts because you're just going to stall. And everybody behind you is just going to drive right I mean, around. I'm you. used to seeing five, six wide on restarts at Pocono. We really didn't see that at all. That's um, that's pre eight inch spoiler. This is post eight inch spoiler where you just catch nothing but dirty air when you get two, three wide, and guys just drive right around you. Oh, but you know Kyle Busch hates this package, but yet he doesn't mind winning in it. I mean, what what do you what's he going to do? Lose? <laughs> nah, I hate this package. <laughs> Let me just lose. Oh, jeez. Um, what else happened in that race? Anything Not exciting? Much, I mean, yeah, there no. wasn't a lot exciting um, in that race. Didn't Austin Dillon wreck again? He wrecked in that race, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he just he backed it into the fence. Yeah, so wrecked in that race. That's two races in a row because we'll talk quickly about his wreck. Uh, Michigan, he had some problems there. We'll mention that later on in the podcast. Or now, as I just did. Um, points after Pocono, though. I had a big – I had a big – didn't I take Kyle Busch? No, I took Kyle Busch. You took Kyle Busch. I took Kyle Busch. You took – uh, no, I took Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and Joey Logano. Oh, I took Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Keselowski. and Keselowski. But I got you. I I beat you, like, by, I don't know. It was like 15, 11. Or, yeah. It was like, cut, like 11 points. I've cut the lead down to 96. Yeah. That, well, was, that, was, that was before Michigan. And then so, Michigan happened. That was, and then I don't know yet what the points are going to be for Michigan because we haven't we haven't gotten to that yet, and I don't think they've released it yet. So we'll check in on that. But I think every indication think is going to be a big swing, and I'm not happy about that yeah. at all. So anything else about Pocono? No, I mean fourth one of the season. Doubleheader next year. Fourth one of the season. Yeah, doubleheader next year. That's going to be pretty interesting. 
Um, I guess maybe the most short, in, short the best part of the weekend, other than when Kyle won, was the guy in the infield with the blow-up doll that said free <laughs> selfies with Kyle <laughs> Busch. That that aged well, didn't it? All right, enough about Kyle Busch. I've heard enough. Uh, enough about Pocono. Wasn't that great of a rate? the race real quick, though. Pocono? 10. I guess you're going to give it a 10. No. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. I'm going to give five it for a- Kyle Busch winning. The other five Let's, for it just being so That's stupid. Just to give points because your driver won is stupid. I'm giving it a three. One of the worst races of the year. Top two or three worst races of the year. Yeah. There you go. Um, NASCAR Nuggets to talk about. Brian France has made a plea. For what? Anybody remember Brian France? Does anybody know who he is? We need to release right. shirts that say forgive Brian and have his mug shot on it. I don't know why you just won't, you know, Bite the bullet and let us make that shirt. I think those would sell. Make the shirt. I'm tired of doing it all. I'm tired of doing it all. All right. So France, I guess, has agreed to a plea deal that's going to involve 100 hours of community service. Doing what? I, I don't know. Maybe uh, handing out tickets at a NASCAR race. <laughs> he he did a typical lawyer. I'm sorry. I realize what I did. This moment of reflection has given me an opportunity to better myself and all of that. Yeah. Blah, I wonder blah, who blah. wrote that statement. Blah, blah, him. Blah. No, it wasn't him. Um, some other kind of interesting things that's happened in the last week. We got to the truck series race that happened uh, on Friday night. And that was a crazy truck series race because I was texting you videos of it throughout the race. That was crazy. Before the race, though, Kyle Busch basically, I don't know. If th- I mean, he's kind of. Uh, he's fed d- up. He's done this from time to time throughout the season. But this seemed like this was it. I mean, win or go home. Is basically yeah. what he said, and he said, he said, he he said, um, Eric Jones, Christopher Bell, Christopher Bell, Bubba even Wallace. mentioned Bubba, mentioned Noah Gregson. They all got put in a truck and they won, and they've all gone on to better themselves. Bubba's struggling a little bit than the rest of them, but they've all gone on to better themselves, and and even in most cases, win races in Xfinity, win races in the Cup Series, and. I can't imagine the pressure that's under both Todd Gilliland and Harrison Burton. So I'm watching the race, and and Todd Gilliland is leading, and he's dominating the race. Pretty much had led every single lap, and then they, you know, they just interviewed his new crew chief because I guess they they went through a crew chief change. Things not working out. Uh, crew chiefs there, we you know we just got to keep after it, uh, stay ahead of the game. I think we're gonna be all right. Uh, the caution was out at that point. They go back green, turn one. Gilliland from the lead backs it into the fence. Yeah, you said pretty. You said something pretty funny afterwards too. You were you were like, if I were him and if Kyle were there, I would get out of the truck, climb over the fence, and just start running. Because you know Kyle would have been running after him. I mean, and you know that he heard those comments. Uh, I mean, I mean you, you know can't, that he. Kyle was probably telling him that in the team meetings. He's probably telling Tuesday. him a lot worse than that. Yeah. I wonder what their contract situation is. I mean, uh, I can't imagine after this, I don't, they're going to be back next year. I don't think Kyle, even if they're under contract, I think Kyle will go to the measures of buying out their contract just to get rid of <sighs> Who's them. Who's he going to replace him with? Greg oh, Biffle, Greg Jimmy Biffle, Mayfield. Baby. All right, so Greg Biffle driving the, what, 51 truck. Stick with the Biff. So he's back. First truck series race since, like, 2001. Hands 19 it years. To Hands it 18 to years. And Biffle just pulled away at the end. Pit strategy. Caution came out. He didn't pit. And uh, Matt Crafton tried to run him down, but Biffle would not Stick be with the Biff. denied. No, a huge win for Greg Biffle. I think this is a slap in the face to the 
youth movement in NASCAR right now that some old a 50 year old man shows up and hands it to I feel like I mentioned this maybe it was in conversation with you or on the last podcast that we did where history kind of repeats itself so maybe at some point we're going to get back to the sport where the it's better to be an older driver coming into the sport than it is a younger driver like it was when Del Jarrett came into the sport in his 30s Harry Gant winning Four races in September, Mr. September. He was in his f- nearing 50 years old. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. We're not quite there yet, but but yeah. we'll see if, if that, that unfolds. In the way. I mean, look at what Mark Martin did. I mean, he retired 50 times and then came back and almost won the championship in the five car. Experience <laughs> trumps all in NASCAR. <laughs> well, and Stuart Haas last year. All veteran drivers who, you know, had their struggles early on. And in different rides, well, and, and then they put them all together, and they were arguably the best team in NASCAR. Well, last and year. you look at you look at drivers like Kevin Harvick, Kurt Busch, Eric Amarola. Um, I'm not going through the Stuart Hostra. He's hell. Is he in his forties? He's in his. He's in his thirties. I know so, that. Well, I know Kevin and Kurt are in their forties. Mm-hmm. Martin Truex, how old is he? He's he's upper thirties. He's not 40 yet. I don't think he's 40 quite yet. But you look at those type of drivers, uh, and then you throw in Kyle Busch. How old's he? 34. So 34 and over. Or 33. I think he's 34, though. 34 and over. over um, you know, they're dominating yeah. uh, for the most part. But with, they came with in some young guns young. like Chase Elliott, you know, huge top five streak, got the win at Talladega. Um, I mean, Chase Elliott, to me right now, is the only young gun that's doing anything. In the yeah. sport. Um, I mean, the rest of them are not uh, living up to, the, I think, their fullest potential. Eric you don't think Jones. Blaney is living up? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think Blaney's getting the resources that he needs at Penske. I don't think well, that's he's being treated right. To his full potential. Well, I don't think he's being, being given the equipment to live up to his fullest potential. So he's given 100%. He's, he's giving 100%, but I don't think. He's getting 60%. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't like that situation for, 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 for Blaney. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. So but, then. Um, uh, you you sent me the text uh, like I don't know a few minutes after the win. Kyle Busch tweeted something out. What did he say? He said, "Damn, I'm a genius." Damn, I'm a genius. And then I don't know how long after that, um, our good friend Jeremy Mayfield put out a tweet. Who does not like me? Right. It's he screw ruined pretty, that moment sorry. for the podcast. Um, I'm still waiting for the legal team of Mayfield to come over here and serve us papers. Shut this whole thing down. Mayfield said, "I've got something that's gonna." He says, I know something that'll make you look even smarter. Even smarter. Mayfield on the truck ride. I thought he had a ban from NASCAR. No, see, I think, didn't they lift the ban, but he couldn't get a ride? No, I think the ban's back. Because I think he went on a radio show years ago, and Brian France was being interviewed, and Jeremy Mayfield called in, and they were like, come to the road. You got to do the road. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know if Jeremy Mayfield... I don't know that he could do that, but I'm not sure. Maybe but he I, can. I know Mayfield got the last laugh when when Mr. France got busted with the right. shit he did, and Mayfield yeah. tweeted. He's like, "Hmm, weird." So we got to find a way to ask Kyle Busch. Maybe it's going to happen in Chicago. Maybe is Jeremy Mayfield a legitimate option for the Truck Series in 2020? Is he the next driver of the number four or eighteen Safe Flight or Mobile One? Toyota Tundra. Mo- Mobile One was his sponsor in the 12 car. Look, man, it's meant to be. The stars are aligning for Jimmy Mayfield and Greg Biffle to run full-time in truck series. And, and a the lot best of, equipment. A lot of people new to the sport think Jeremy Mayfield, they think, okay, he's a drug addict uh, who w- drove a start and park team 
he was a very good driver. Uh, almost won the championship when he drove for Penske in the 12 car. Rooted Dale Earnhardt out of the way at Pocono to steal the win from him. You don't do that to Dale Earnhardt, but Jeremy Mayfield and then did. said, I didn't mean to wreck. I didn't want to wreck him. I just meant to rattle, rattle his cage. His cage. You know? I mean, Jeremy Stole Mayfield was a badass driver back in the day. He yeah. was he was a good driver. I mean, it, it, his success came with Penske in the 12 car. Once he went to Everham uh, in the 19, he didn't have the success that he had. That was probably the that was probably beginning of the end of that Jeremy Mayfield. Was, that was uh, that was <laughs> that that was more Ray Abraham's fault. <laughs> uh, oh, it, you're believing Jeremy Mayfield. It's what you're doing. Yeah. So you, you, you try I to get on Jeremy's Mayfield. good side. Um, no, I'll just give him the benefit. Of the, I mean, someone had to be the sacrificial lamb to NASCAR's <laughs> drug new drug policy. Oh, no, I, see, I feel like you're trying to squeeze in a conspiracy theory. And they here. named they put oh, all names geez. in a hat, shook it around, and drew it out at Darlington. And it said, was Mayfield, Mr. Mayfield, Jerry. six hours before the start of the race. So, <laughs> yeah, someone had to be the sacrificial lamb. All right, some other um, notes to talk about that have happened. Uh, Daniel Suarez has mentioned he's got contract negotiations underway. Mm. He says he has options for 2020. Um, I don't know what that means. He said Stuart Haas has options for 2020. I don't know what that means. So clearly it was a one-year deal if uh, they're doing this. So that's not set in stone. Eric Jones, contract negotiations underway. He says everything seems fine. Everything seems on track. I got to believe I got to believe him and I got to believe that he's going to stay at Joe Gibbs. I, you know, I've been a I know I've been pushing Eric Jones is leaving. But I don't think Joe Gibbs is the type of team owner who's going to make a driver think everything's going good with your contract, everything's going good with your contract. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to sign it. We're going to put somebody else in the yeah. car. J- Joe Gibbs is a man of his word. So if if there was a going to be a change we wouldn't be hearing eric jones say everything's looking good i'm feeling good about this blah 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 yeah don't you agree yeah i agree with that so what does that mean for christopher bell well i think bell has is going to have some options at the end of this year kurt bush has a one-year deal with ganassi and he has said i'm willing to re-sign with ganassi clint boyer's contract is up this year at, at Stuart haas <sighs> Um, Boyers have a, had a, has had a rough stretch, no question about that. Well, I mean, his whole career he's been a, you know, he's been he's been hot and cold, and so I yeah, think he's never had a. There was one year, and actually he had his most success at Michael Walter Racing. Yeah, and that was the year that Gordon took him out at Phoenix, 2012. Um, you know, when Gordon when uh, Boyer wrecked everybody at Martinsville, yeah. and then uh, finally Gordon had had enough. I think Bill has some options, but man. If I'm Christopher Bell, I I don't want to leave the Toyota camp. Um, Why? I don't want to go to Chevy. I mean, I just think I don't. I think Toyota would be dumb to let him walk. And I think in the end, Toyota is going to offer him more money than anybody else. So the loyalty and Toyota offering him more money than Ford. I mean, I think that might trump it in the end. But he's definitely going to have some options to sit down and assess. What but, are the Toyota options? Gibbs? Well, Gibbs, Levine. Gibbs is a little bit far-fetched, but I think Levine is the favored Toyota option Isn't right now. Isn't that the only other Toyota option? I mean... It is what? the only Toyota option, but... We've, we've talked about this. Why would he go to Levine? Well, I, I mean, that's a slap in the face. Well, look at it this way. If the contract... Depending on what the contract is for Eric Jones, say they only, say they only come to terms with the one-year deal. They put Christopher Bell on that... You know, fifty-five 
45, whatever five in the in that. And then it becomes a situation like when Eric Jones went to Furniture Row and they were assessing, okay, who's he going to replace over at Gibbs? So I think they put Eric Jones back in the car, whether it's a one-year contract, two-year contract. I mean, if they sign him long-term, then I think Bell's in bad shape for staying with Toyota. But if, if they sign him for a one-year deal, I think it's going to be him in the Levine and another Levine entry, and it's going to be like an assessment of Eric Jones. I think that's when Eric Jones will start to feel the hot seat because Chris, Christopher Bell has backing sponsorship-wise, and that's what Levine okay, needs. Well, my, my problem with all that is, and first of all, Eric Jones coming into the Cup Series didn't have a place at Gibbs. Did not have a place at Gibbs. He had a much better opportunity going over to a second car that was formed with Furniture Row, given the success that they had with Martin Truex Jr. Right. That was a top tier team. Right. And so he got put in good equipment. Christopher, I've not seen anything from Matt Benedetto. Uh, he's a great driver, but I, I mean, ran well at the restrictor plate in Daytona, but that's been about it. That's There's nothing that would entice me or appeal to me to go there and waste a year. Here's my other question. If he's going to stay at somehow at Gibbs, why have they not this season so far put him in a fifth car? Because they can do that for yeah. a limited number of races. Why is he not running a fifth car? That's beyond me. I don't I mean, know have why. You, have you wondered that? I mean, have, I mean, you may not have thought thought about that. Um, but should he not be running a fifth car if he's going to stay at Gibbs or stay somehow in the Gibbs camp? I mean, should they not be putting him in a car and putting resources there? Well, that tells me that he's not staying, so they're not going to put the resources together to put him in a fifth car. Well, I don't think it's a definite that he's not staying. I just think it's a lot of uncertainty, and that's a lot of money you got to put towards an, another car, another crew, all that. A lot of money for an un an uncertain result out of it. So I think if it was for certain that he was going to be with Gibbs, then they would spend that money. They'd take the opportunity and the resources and apply it to a fifth car for him to run, you know, maybe two, three races, maybe. Uh, but there's too much uncertainty for them to pull that trigger, you know, expand the resources, spend all that money for him to run in some races in a Toyota when it's not even certain if he'll be in a Toyota next year. Um, so I think that's why we haven't seen that. And we probably won't see that unless something becomes definite at Gibbs with, you know, what Eric Jones is going to do. We know Denny Hamlin's going to be there. We know Truex is going to be there. And we obviously know Kyle's going to be there. So I still think, and I guess we talked about this podcast ago or a couple podcasts ago. And, you know, you were down to nobody running. I mean, we're down to 36 car fields. When yeah, just make it a was 43 entry. car fields when I remember NASCAR. Yep. Why are we limiting – if these cup teams have the money and have the resources and want to spend the money and have sponsors that they can bring to the sport, sponsors that aren't sponsoring now, why are we limiting that? I guess a big – I guess the biggest factor is, is racing's become more expensive. Well, and they don't want – I thought it was because NASCAR didn't want – they wanted to give the little teams a chance. But the problem with that is most of the little teams are gone or they just run at the back of the pack. Right. Um, so I don't know why we're not even there. Ex- they're getting the same resources as the Gibbs, the Hendricks, or anything. Right. They're just, I mean, they're renting these these parts and these cars off, you know, higher teams and and just running in the back. Like, and, and we're not talking the about we're not talking about like okay, well, all of a sudden we're gonna have twenty new cars. You're talking about Hendrick adding a fifth car potentially. You talk about um, 
really Gibbs adding a fifth car. Those yeah. are the only two teams that would be adding fifth cars that have four cars now. Those are the only two teams Maybe with Stuart four cars. Maybe Stuart Haas with Cole Custer. Well, yeah, Stuart Haas has four cars. So they could potentially add a fifth car. So you're talking about three more cars to the field. Yeah. So I don't I don't know why we're Which would probably make it that. to 43 cars. And you also have three drive they're going to put th- you know put more cars out there with more competitive drivers which could maybe make the racing better as well. I mean how I remember back in 07 when I first became a f- fan, full-time drivers like Michael Waltrip failed to qualify for some right, reason because yeah. there were so many cars. Old Jared failed entered. to qualify I think in yeah, 07. Cuz there were so many cars com- there was like 44 to 48 cars coming a week. You would have I mean now nowadays with the whole um what is it? The charter that they have and all yeah. that. That's not going to. That's not going to yeah, ever happen again, again unless that changes. But oh, absolutely. I mean, you would have a race like Daytona, a race like the Brickyard. You'd have sometimes sixty drivers going yeah. for the forty-three car field. I mean, and at Daytona, I know it happened. And I mean, you talk about a crazy twin one twenty-fives back at the time. Yeah. Um. I mean, you got uh, what is that? Sixty minus five. I don't know. Was it seventeen drivers that are not going to make the Daytona five hundred? Those were some crazy races, but. I mean, we just better for the sport. I mean, look at Indy. I mean, Fernando Alonso didn't even qualify for the Indy 500 a couple weeks ago because he there were so many cars. Right, there's so many Indy cars brought to the track, and he didn't even qualify. And he was just one of the biggest names in in that type race. Just a little bit off topic, but I I, I saw this as I was scrolling through Twitter yesterday, uh, and everybody was during the rain delay. Everybody was bashing F1. What happened in F1? Oh, I don't know. I, I saw that, Did but you I see didn't. That? I saw some drivers tweeting Lewis about Hamilton it. Hamilton talked about a dif- difficult weekend. I don't know. I saw some drivers tweeting about it or some some rule they have that they're glad they don't have that in NASCAR. I think it might have been like a passing rule. You know how you on the game they you do pass somebody yeah. and it's yeah. like yeah, illegal right. overtake. Box, box, box. Illegal overtake or <laughs> well, something. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. That I, could, I, I'm not sure what it is, but I just that I, just came to my yeah, mind. Yeah, I saw like Jeff Gluck and Jimmy Johnson tweeting about it, but could you imagine? Yeah, passing someone in a sport that's designed for you to pass and I get still, first I, place, and, and I still think they should get rid of the double the double yellow line rule at the restrictor plate races now. I mean, for what? Well, I mean, so you can go down there, and make I mean, have a crazy in the pass grass? on the last lap. It's not grass anymore. Back straightaway, look at the back straightaway. What? They did it. They did that because of safety. When the cars weren't safe and there weren't soft walls at every track. Yeah, but there's still grass at tracks, which still makes it pretty hardcore. You hit that, and it's hit nice. And you're tearing up okay, your car. Okay, the double yellow line is not right on the grass. But you're not going to run on the apron in the damn corners. Right, well, make the no, but make it where you can do it on the backstretch. Still grass in Daytona backstretch for the most part. All right. <laughs> Stupid. Next. All right, next, uh, your favorite uh, up-and-coming driver. Big weekend. Yeah. Was it birthday win for you? Was, yeah. Do you think she did this because of your birthday? Clearly. So Haley Deegan was out in Colorado. And she had, uh, I wasn't really, I didn't even know that she was racing in Colorado, but immediately after it was over, it was clear that uh, uh, some fireworks went off in Colorado. Listen to this. Haley Deegan left the inside, and the 16 jumped into it. So Deegan. And look, here comes Haley Deegan, and they spin. (laughs) She didn't spin. She spun her teammate. All right, here's my take on that. And we talked about this earlier. She she left the door open on the restart. Her teammate, Derek Krause, drove in there with a broken sway bar. And he didn't just drive in there. I mean, he drove her two lanes up the track in the corner. Yeah, you're right. I, I, so he got into her. Yeah, and when right. you make that move on a short track, what can you expect? I mean, you, you the only thing you can expect is someone to pay you back, teammate or not. And she got in there. 
And she's been, sorry to interrupt, but she has been uh, race a, a, dirty. A, 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 yeah, she's been a, a you know a pinball for so like, what are you a lot of do? her races. Go so ahead. she drove in there, drove in on his door really low in the corner. Still, I mean, for the most part, people say she didn't make the corner. I mean, she clearly made the corner. She get, she can get to his inside. She made the corner. And she got to his door, and he spun out, and she won the race. But here's the thing. Everybody's saying she meant to wreck him. I think she meant to race him hard because if she meant to wreck him, she should she smart enough. She would have just drove in, lifted his back tires, and fenced him. She drove in there on his door expecting to pass him. But I think the worst part of all this is, is that, A, her teammate on Twitter is favoring a bunch of tweets saying like all her wins are BS. What's his name? Derek Krause. Mm-hmm. All his wins are all her wins wins are BS. That she all three of her wins she's wrecked the leader. Which, I mean, she spun her teammate, but in Vegas she passed the guy because he left the door wide open. Didn't even make contact with him. Right. And then her first win, she got into Krause. She just bumped him in the back, moved him up the track at a short track. What do you expect at a short? This is nothing we don't see every year at short tracks. And if Derek Krause thinks he should be raced any differently. Then good luck in Cup if you make it that well, far. Well, and, and how old is he? Did you ever figure out how old he was? I mean, he's he's in his teens. So he's still in his teens. But he's been in our, he's been in K. I know he's been in K and N since he's not 20, under 16, is he? No, I know he's been in K and N since he's been like so since he's 2014. Could. Well, I guess he run has he run a truck? Yeah, he run he's ran trucks at Dover and some other place this year. He ran truck. He ran pretty well too. Well, <laughs> let me tell what it what it shows is very immature. To me, um, when he you have a problem, an unprofessional, an unprofessional, when you have a problem with someone using social media to lash out. Well, that is your team and your teammate. Because I mean, who in their right mind does that? That and it's his teammate. So, oh, I know. What and do you expect? I mean, got, and 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 did you mention this? And I just didn't hear it. The the other one, the other teammate, did the same Brittany thing. Brittany Zamora. Well, Zamora and Deegan. I think it's more of Zamora's side. He even favored a tweet that was like, Brittany Zamora is better than Haley Deegan. But the stats don't lie. See, I think that's ridiculous. That's so uncalled for. If I They're were, all teammates. I know. If I were... Um, Bill McAnally? No. If I were Haley Deegan's father, I'd march into Bill McAnally's office and say, what the hell? I mean, there's nothing um, you can do. Because is she not the star of those three cars? I know he's... He's been there the longest, but she's... She's probably bringing in the most money. She's... She's putting people in the stands. Nobody's coming to the races saying, man, I want to be. Right. I mean, we saw it at South Boston. Nobody was lined up to meet any driver, and Haley Deegan's line at her car to sign autographs was wrapped around turn four. So, I mean, it, it just goes to show that, you know, clearly she's, you know, the person who's bringing in the money, putting butts in seats at the races. But, I mean, back to the race, what do you expect? I mean, right. if, if roles were reversed, I'm pretty sure he'd try to do the same. Th- I mean, obviously, if roles were reversed, he's not going to drive into turn three and go, eh, you, know, you know, she beat me. You know, he's going to try and win the race. And now, it, what if it, they had not made any contact at all when he got the lead? And he just passed her clean. I, and you still got to do what you got to do to win the race. Look, when you're at the lower series like that and you're trying to prove your name and you're trying to, you know, win races okay. to get higher rides. You got to do what you got to do to win. Okay. And most of those races, or actually all the K&N races are at short tracks. So it's like that's all, that's to be expected. Okay. I got you. Totally agree with you. All right. So let's fast forward to Martinsville last year. Okay. Joey Logano, Martin Truex. You think that was a dirty move that Logano made. 100%. Why? If if what Deegan did okay. was not, and, and, and 
you got way more on the line. Joey Logano wins the race. That gets him to Homestead. He's knowing this in his mind, and then he ends up winning the championship. So that move alone won him the championship. How is what Logano did different than what Deegan did? All right, so check it. Check so, it. I'm checking it. Deegan, it was the final restart. It was like green. It was like right. green, right, right checker, right. and white, white flag coming in the last turn at Martin. Yeah. Okay, but no, I'll explain that in a sec. <laughs> Kraus drove in the corner and drove Deegan two lanes up the racetrack. Right. He did. And and then he, she got on his door, did not intend to wreck him, and won the race. He just so okay. happened to spin out. For the last twenty laps in the Martinsville race, Truex race Logano with nothing but respect and nothing but hardly barely got maybe barely got into him. And passed him fairly, and then Logano drive. It's different when you drive down into the corner and pick somebody's tires up and move okay. them, than getting oh, on somebody's man. door racing them hard. Uh, I, You've okay. been on record to say that he that was a dirty. Maybe so, but okay. But I got to go back to what I just asked you, okay. and that was if Deegan's teammate had passed her cleanly. Would the move still have been fair from Deegan? And you said you got to do what you got to do to win. So. Truex passed Logano cleanly. Why did Logano not? Why should he not have done what he had to do to win, but Deegan should have? Because the last 20 laps of that race, they established how they were going to race each other. The last three laps of the race in Colorado, Kraus established how he was going to race Deegan, which was moving her two lanes up the track. So she went back and retaliated. Truex got by Logano cleanly, which is how they established they were going to race each other, and he got passed. And as a result of that, he went and picked Martin Truex's tires up. That's the thing. It's a good debate. Exactly. They established how they were going to race. Krause established how he was going to race Deegan. So he gave it to her, and Deegan gave it back. Truex, the last 20 laps of that race, Truex was clearly the better car. He could have sent Joey Logano into the fence with 16 to go when he was racing him hard. But no, he got by him cleanly, which is what he established what he was going to do. Martin Truex is not a dirty driver, okay? No. So... He may that's, won, that's he the may way won he, the battle, but he ain't won the war. That's the way they established they were going to race each other. And Logano got passed, and as a result of that, he picked his tires up and moved them out of the way. So I think when you establish how you're going to race somebody, you, you race how you get raced is the best way to put it. So I think I think Krause should have done nothing but expect that. I think he's just a sore loser. I mean, I want I, – I, I don't know if they do this in the K&N series. Do they have team meetings and all that on Tuesday mornings or whatever? No, you just, how many more races do they have this year? Well, I'd be interested sure. to watch um, because I think I guess we can watch um, on you know yeah. the, that whatever. Well, their next race is Sonoma. They race at Sonoma Sonoma weekend. Yeah, and he actually favored a tweet that said Sonoma is a good place for retaliation. Jeez. So, is that a Saturday race or a Friday race? Yeah, I believe it's uh, I believe it's Saturday. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah. How does Deegan do on road courses? Uh, she did pretty well last year. She, I think she got a top five at Sonoma last year in her first road course race. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If he comes back and wrecks her at, at Sonoma, that's pretty bad. Yeah, he can pretty much and he's kiss like, his what, ass away about it. Four feet two? Yeah, he, with the four foot douchey two. little haircut. He can pretty much kiss his ass away on getting a, drive any, uh, getting a ride anywhere else. So, I so, mean. Um, just to put a button on this Haley Deegan um, and, and she, I will give her a lot of credit. She basically went on, uh, talked to her fans and said, I'm not putting up with any more shit She's, from I, anybody. I'm not doing this anymore. I God. mean, Toledo, she gets taken out. And by, she gets very, 
she gets very hyped and 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 Rightfully kind of emotional so. about things Rightf- too. I mean, um, being the only female in a male-dominated sport, you got to be aggressive because you know you're going to get raced harder than everybody else. You know, it's guys are going to take advantage of you on the track. So I mean, you you almost day, have to race. Yeah, that you're way. right. And at the end of the day, he's pissed off that a girl wrecked him. That happens to be his teammate, and he got beat. And so he got know. beat. So, but I mean, it's not like he doesn't win. Right. He won at South Boston. He right. won. He won in um, in Arizona. I mean, he's he's a successful, talented young driver. But on the mature See, a, standpoint, a driver like that, go on a mature standpoint. On a mature standpoint, you've got to develop. And if, like you said, if he goes to Sonoma and just dumps her for no reason, then like I, I mean, I think he can just kiss you, his ass away. Well, on, let me tell you who who he reminds round. me of, and and of course, funny that we're I'm going to say this. He seems like a Joey Logano type driver to me. Yeah, he does. Um, you you can race somebody as hard as you want, but you get raced like that, and then it's it's problems. Right. Um. And I was you know debating the Joey Logano thing because it I, it was a good debate to have. I'm not a Joey Logano fan, as everybody knows, but drivers like that, like him, who have this ego already at however old he is, and think they're, you know, think they are, it. As they call Joey Logano, the next thing to slice the the best thing to slice bread or whatever. Slice bread. Um, you know then yeah he's what is that saying? He's like yeah you've heard the slice right? Yeah. You he's know, seventeen years old, seven, September first, two thousand one. Yeah, so seventeen years old, and you know thinks that he's it, and um you know has he done anything in the truck series? Has he gotten any results? Other than some. The two pretty good finishes. See, drivers like that that come in, they're they're gonna get a big wake up call. And it took Logano. I mean, Logano hasn't changed much, but he got a big wake up call when he got in that twenty car and did nothing. Yeah. Uh absolutely nothing. And, you know, it took him a while and it took him a number of fights mm-hmm. to actually I don't know that I mean Logano, I don't know that when he puts his helmet on he's any different. He's a little bit better outside of the car. He's better to the fans and those types of things. But drivers like that, um, sport doesn't need those type of drivers. No. They need a, a, a carefree, I'm out here to run hard, I want to win, and I'm going to race. Like a Haley Deegan. The last thing we need is kids coming into the sport thinking that it's shit. And they, they're, they're, they deserve and there's a lot this, of those. and they're owed this, and, and all that. Yeah. And of the drivers that we have right now coming into the sport, I don't see, a, I don't see Christopher Bell as that type of driver. No. Um, I don't see, I don't see Cole Custer as that type driver. No, Cole's just a, he's just hard charging, yeah. hard worker. I think, um, definitely see that on Tyler Reddick's side. He, he, he toots his own horn. Yeah. Lot. Tyler Reddick definitely has an ego. Um, who else am I thinking of? Cause there was somebody, you know, somebody else I, I wanted to say seems like that Harrison Burton may have a little bit of an ego, but he's getting a wake up call now Yeah, that he's and and. It was interesting. We asked Jeb. Um, you know, they're not they're not close at all. I don't know that says anything about ego wise, but yeah. but him and Jeb uh, Jeb Burton, his cousin, they're not close at all. Um, the one I'm kind of iffy about, and I know you're probably going to disagree on. I think he has an ego. I don't like him. You know who I'm going to say? Noah Gregson. I mean, he's he definitely flaunts it out there on social media. I think all the young kids have a bit of an ego. I just think it's the culture in NASCAR right now. I mean, with social media the way it is, I mean, you didn't see Jeff Gordon coming into the sport with all that and Tony Stewart coming into no. the sport with all that. I think 
guys like that with the power of social media and stuff, they flaunt their ego a lot. First guy that came into the sport with an ego of late was Kyle Busch. Don't disagree with me. He did. Yeah, He's but I, it but up. I but I think when he came into the sport, he was already framed guilty by association because they already hated Kurt. True. So I think he was already framed guilty by association. But I mean, he like you said, he's he's backed it up. He's you know obviously he'll probably go down as one of the greatest ever drive. So when when Derek Krause Krause when he comes to the Cup Series and wins races on a regular basis, then he can no. I'll probably back be, it up. I'll probably be taking my kids to watch his K and N races when I'm fifty. He'll still probably be there. He's going to be the, uh, oh, man, what's the, the Randy LaJoy of the Bush series for those longtime fans yeah. that know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Or or the Ron Hornaday of the truck series. Yeah. Jack Sprague of the the truck series. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, congrats to Haley Deegan on the win. Second Saturday, win? Saturday, third. Third win in the K&N series. Yep. Boom. All in the West Coast? All in the West. All in the West. She, full, she runs full-time in the West, so that's why. She doesn't run full-time in the East, but... And we she, asked her, point-blank, are you ready to get to the truck series? When we had her on the podcast, very humble and she and said, said, no, I want to keep learning I and keep winning. winning. I want to win more. I want to learn more. And why wouldn't you um, do what you got to do to win? And I wonder if they asked, uh, you know, other young drivers, yeah, I'm ready to go. You know, I'm ready to get up in the truck. I think she's taking... Right I think her and her father are doing a tremendous job of taking all the right steps and doing all the right things to get to the Cup Series. When she gets well, to that you point. can have a father who takes that approach, or you can have a father that takes the. You can have a father like that that takes that approach, which is good. You can have a father like um, Daniel Silvestri does that takes that approach, which is great, which is amazing. Um, or you can have a father like Joey Logano's dad, um, who who you know put him, you know, went down there, and I'll never forget that moment. Silver spoon. Yeah, and, and, you know, got his son out of the car. and This was a cup race. Was, yeah, it was at Pocono. Was Pocono, right. If my and father ever did that, I'd slap him said, in the face. You know, he was like, you know, go over there. Who who was the driver? New. Harvick. Oh, it was Harvick. That's right. That that was the big fire suit moment. Yeah. Um, so. Which seemed like a very rehearsed line that he talked over with his father in the, in the <laughs> hall there. But that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think Deegan and her father, Silvestri and his dad, I, I, they're doing all right. They're doing all the right things. I, they support their kid fully, but they're going to make him work. They're, like Silvestri, he's, he's got to go out and get his own sponsorship. Deegan, nobody's given her an inch. She, like she, Her dad makes her understand, like, you know, your last name's not going to get you anything. Like, you're going to have to go out there and work. And they wouldn't want it any other way. So Right, and I think I compared Silvestri as a, to, a, to a Joey Logano in an earlier podcast, but that was not an ego type comparison yeah. that was more of a, a Joey Logano talent now compared because don't get me wrong Joey Logano's got plenty of talent he Absolutely. wouldn't be a champion he wouldn't have won his 23rd race right now yeah um I mean he had a career comeback from the Gibbs uh, the Gibbs disaster to Penske yeah. and that's you know he has made Penske his home with Brad Keselowski so um that was what I was making in my comparisons when I compared him to Silvestri a few podcasts ago so Daniel if you're listening I'm not saying you have a big ego or anything because you have a great head on your shoulders. Yeah. All right. Uh, this conversation went – we haven't had a conversation that took on a whole new level in a while like yeah, this. So that was really good. Um, that was really cool. We've still got more to talk about. We've got somebody calling in from the media center at Michigan. Uh, we'll talk about the Michigan race. Um, Connor will have his Michigan donkey of the day, and then that's going to wrap this thing up. And uh, yeah. there you go. Only yep. two things left to say before break. Crash.
Mustache. <laughs> Want a chance to join Timothy Martin and Connor Bonner on an upcoming episode? Shop for the Lead merch now. Email us your order confirmation and we'll have you on the show. And welcome back to For the Lead episode 26. Connor, this was a huge day because we had the Michigan race on a Monday, a Monday evening in prime time, and we're doing the podcast. And we've got somebody right now on the phone in the media center at Michigan. Yep. Let's go to Rob. How do you say his last name? Tianson. 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 Got it. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. How are y'all doing? We're doing great. Explain to our listeners and viewers on YouTube exactly what you do. So I am the editor-in-chief and the lead writer for the net. We're an NASCAR Futures media website that's been around since 2009 for the sort of campaign anniversary. And basically, we're just like a small little website that does a lot of interviews. We do a lot of historical features, uh, essays, statistical pieces. And basically, we just try to show more of the personality side of NASCAR versus what you see on other sites that do like hard news or, you know, tells you like who's the fastest car and, you know, why is the package working a certain way? I try to look more at the human element of the sport versus like the usual five W's that you'll ask in journalism. So that's kind of our little niche, if you will. And we're basically a site that's operating out of Texas in the Austin area, but we also have a lot of people based out of the Carolinas, Michigan, Canada, and in Las Vegas. So we're pretty much spread out across the North American region. All righty. Well, what's going on right now in the media center in Michigan? Well, we just wrapped up a few interviews. Well, there we go. I'm coming into the press center. Um, I'm going to tr- uh, hopefully get on, but if not, no big deal. Um, I'm going to the transcript on that. Um, I just came out of my room to talk to a few of the drivers submission the top 10. So I got some reactions from Kurt Bush, and I also spoke with the other drivers um, after the race just to get their thoughts on what took place at Michigan, which I thought was a pretty good race, all things considered. Yeah, so, I mean, it you... looked like a Sorry to interrupt, but you were there. You had a front row seat. I mean, the they were close racing most of the race. What 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 did it look like from your point of view? I mean, it looked like they and Talladega lights in me, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, the leaders for a while they just couldn't pull away from each other, and they threw them a train. It seemed like the outside line was entertaining. Um, you know, in restarts or basically once the you know the field was able to pull away from like certain parts of the car. So, I you know, it's definitely speed was a big factor. You still have to have your car muscle down, like massage down as best as possible. And for me, um, you know, if you got a good restart in the online line, you pretty much could get anything done. So um, it was a good raise, yeah, uh, you know, more than I expected. And I think the weather played a big factor. And also I think the type of track that we're at, you know, knowing the fact that the track is relatively moderate banking, I think it just suits it well. You saw it handling we saw it at, um, you know, these other tracks. Even Charlotte was a good race because it's, it's got relatively a nicely aged asphalt that's not too old or new. It has enough grip, if you will. So I thought it was a great race. I mean, on paper, when you see that Joey Logano was almost half of the race, like over half of the race, you might think, well, how is it a good race? I mean, he pretty much had the whole lot of challengers. You had Kyle Larson, Kurt Bush, uh, a lot of drivers who were trying to get after him. So. You have to take. You have to work hard to get the win. From your vantage point, did it look like Joey jumped the restart, the final restart? I don't think so. I think he got a good clean start, and more or less, like because he's on the outside lane, and he it just made it look like the inside lane just didn't even get going. Uh, I think there was just more grip on the outside line 
versus the inside line. And I think also too, just just knowing the trend of how Michigan worked out has worked out in the past. He just knew where to be on those restarts and for the race start. So to me, I don't think he got any kind of advantage other than the fact that he had the preferred lane. Well, um, he jumped the restart. We think he jumped the from, restart from on TV. It looked like he jumped about two yard, two three yards before the restart box. But that's how it looked on TV because you you're typically used to see the outside line getting a big push at Michigan. And I mean, he was a car length and a half from Kyle Busch. I mean, right off the bat. So I mean, unless he did something crazy behind the wheel, it's really hard for me to imagine someone as good as Kyle Busch on restarts getting gapped that much before he gets to the start-finish line, especially being on the outside line at Michigan. So, And and, and did you talk to Truex? Um, have you talked to Martin Truex? Because he mentioned in his uh, his post-race interview that uh, he thought Logano jumped the restart. I was not in that scrum. Um, one of my other writers was there. Um, I spoke with Kurt Busch primarily, and I, I got a little bit of rest from Daniel Suarez. So. I wasn't involved in that one, and I um, it's from Will, so I did not get to hear his reaction. But I'm, of course, going to catch up on that uh, when I get to see the transcripts. So, from your vantage point, it being a Monday race at 5 p.m. versus a, a typical Monday race we would see at at noon, did you see anything track wise? that played a factor into it? I mean, obviously, we see the track change throughout the race, but do you think it was more vital for the race to be at 5 than, say, noon when the track is it's approaching its warmest temperatures rather than 5 where it's kind of cooling down, the sun's kind of you know setting a little bit? I mean, I think the cooler temperature in the later race start time certainly played a little bit of a factor. I mean, as the race went on, you know, you started seeing the, the, the transition from the mostly cloudy skies to the mostly sunny skies and the part through the clouds in the French stretch was pretty much enveloped in that bright brightness. Uh, and as the race got past stage two, you started seeing those shades and the, the which definitely helped cool off the track somewhat. Um, you know, so of course, it's the 5 p.m. restart time. I think that's more of a thing where the network had to make sure that the World Cup soccer was able to get its coverage. And right. They had their uh, right, basically, to be on before NASCAR is on, and like they said in the Michigan statement, they had to make sure that they found that the best, the best time window that would work best for the TV partners and the programming available. Um, whether it's going to be a 12 o'clock start or a 5 p.m. start, I mean, um, I was really, for what it was worth, I was pretty impressed with the, the attendance we saw and how many people turned out, and it was a beautiful day. I don't know if we would have been able to start at 12. I wasn't in the Brooklyn area. I was driving in, but I can tell you it was a little bit rainy, kind of misty when I was coming in. But fortunately, by the time we got here, um, it was just it was getting dry. So um, the fight kind of helped. It's unfortunate that maybe we couldn't have more fans to see a brilliant race. But maybe in seven weeks, it's a different story. That that's an interesting point you bring up the attendance because we've heard, you know, the past couple years about NASCAR potentially going to weekly or not weekly, but races during the week rather than on the weekends. Did you see this as an opportunity for NASCAR to capitalize on that, to see what the attendance would be like for, per se, a Monday night race? I, mean, I haven't looked into the figures, but I think it'd be a, it wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, as you're start, I'm, I, mean, I wouldn't say I know everything about it, but I'm getting a feeling like 
the sport is trying to figure out a good schedule, not only with, you know, maybe having a race on a Monday night, maybe just more or less trying to look into two-day shows or expanding upon the schedule. So it best suits the crew members, it suits the media, the, the drivers, and people who can maximize their attendance. Because let's face it, if it's a three-day weekend, it's sometimes a little tough when you have to decide, should I make it for Friday or should I be here for Saturday to qualify, as a fan at least. Um, as president, you're pretty much want to be here as much as you can because there's to be any kind of story happening on the track that um, unless you're following on Twitter from like a person like Adam Stern or Bob Hawkers, the regular folks who are in the circuit, um, you might miss it because sometimes what's said like on Twitter or from the journalists isn't always shared on TV. So when you're here in person, it's, it's a big deal and it helps to get all the information instantly uh, or even passing it on uh, social media. Uh, the schedule should be looked into because um, in a situation like this with the race starting at 9 p.m., it's, it can be tough. So um, I don't know if this should get a benefit from that, but I would say a short track could be it'd be great in the summer, where maybe a Thursday night race even or or a Friday night race could work out, uh, especially with the tracks that are in the hotter locations um, like at Bristol or Darlington or even Richmond. Um, I think they could benefit from that. Did you see did the racing today and how the race un, uh, unfolded and the, the close racing that we saw? Uh, you know, Michigan's been one of those tracks that's potentially on the chopping block, maybe losing a race when they get to 2021. Did you see any type of anything today that maybe gives NASCAR a, a pause and uh, says, hey, wait a minute, we can actually see some great racing at this track? No, I didn't get any indication that they would consider that. I mean, the racing looks really good out there, and I think – this is a situation where the 2019 package, which, you know, let's face it, it's been beaten like a dead horse <laughs> uh, by the press. I think it worked out here. It's a great package when it comes to, like I said earlier, uh, a track like this that has the feet banking per se, but the asphalt is not that old. It was just repaid in 2012. So, you know, you're looking, unlike Montana, where maybe it hasn't been repaid since 1997 when it was basically fun of the schedule. It works out perfectly here. I mean, it's, it, you know, this, when you had corner speed last year going at 212 miles an hour, and it's just very, once you get into the corners, I think that's kind of what ha- uh, contributed to, you know, seeing the spread out formations within the lead, uh, lead pack. But today, I mean, until maybe the runs went further and further, and maybe, you know, teams adjusted better on their cars, at least in the early going, it, it looked like a restrictor plate race. And, and, and I, I, I said to a colleague of mine, like, I can't remember the last time I saw Michigan look like this, maybe since the Rock races back in the late 90s. So it, it, they've got something working for them. It does maybe need a little bit more tweaking um, because, as another person told me, we can get the leaders to stay together, but can we find a way to have that second-place car perhaps get, that, get in the wake of that draft so they can do a slingshot pass or maybe get that good run on the corner on the inside or outside and then carried over um, off the exit of the corner. So, um, honestly, those were more than I expected, and I'm pretty happy as a journalist to see a very competitive race. My vantage point, despite the fact, like I said, the stats may say, hey, you know, Lodano dominated the race. You mentioned the sport being in somewhat of a transition mode. Would you be a fan of seeing a doubleheader weekend with IndyCar and NASCAR at the same track? Absolutely. I mean, I said it before on my Twitter maybe a few, like a week or two ago. So when you have motorsport series, you're basically like collaborating together. There's none of this, you know, IndyCar versus NASCAR, 
Barca versus Canon. I mean, you know, like when we actually collaborate together, I think everybody wins. So that way there you're getting a little bit of a variety. If maybe stock car racing is not your thing, you can wait up around and, you know, you might see a great indie car um, either as the opener or the closer for that day. And, you know, for some facilities that may not get either series, it's a great opportunity for them to finally have it on the market. Um, you know, say, for instance, IndyCar race being in June, maybe it's not the greatest idea with it being so hot, but could you imagine it being in March during the same time as, you know, the Cup trucks and Xfinity? Maybe, like, we can figure out a way that all four series could be there. I think that would be magnificent. And, well, before I became a journalist, at least when I used to watch the uh, IndyCar races here in Michigan, I thought those were terrific. And I thought it'd be great if, you know, you had maybe, like, trucks and IndyCars or Cup and Cup in IndyCar races here. Uh, I personally, it would be amazing if that happened. So you um, because you get go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. But you've been down at Michigan this weekend. You've kind of you know gotten a feel for everything. Have you heard any rumors or rumblings, you know, about you know driver changes or, or who's going where? Any silly season? Any anything that that we may find interesting or our fans might find interesting? I know there's. You know, there's a, what's Christopher Bell going to do? You know, what's Kurt Busch going to do? What what's Eric Jones going to do? Have you heard anything uh, at all? Not me personally, but I mean, on Adam Stern's Twitter, there's talk of maybe Kurt Busch even going another year to Ganassi folks. And I say, why not in this case? Because he's got that relationship with Monster Energy. And as you can tell, I mean, he might be 40, he's going to be over 40 later this year, but he can clearly still wield the car. I mean, he hit the backstretch wall pretty hard and I thought for sure he didn't have a chance to get up there and be back within the, the mix of the leaders but obviously he was able to drive his way back up the second um, I mean that's pretty much the only thing I've heard I didn't get any like feeling that someone's on the chopping block if you will or you know maybe Bell is going to graduate from Xfinity um, to Cup. although I, I would say that would be probably the next logical move if I had to make a supposition but I I haven't seen anything solid this past weekend to otherwise, you know, back me up on that. So nothing really in the garage area yet, but I would say based on trend, maybe I'll wait on that. Maybe by, say, New Hampshire race weekend, by the time we get to the second Pocono race, that's when you may start to see something. Traditionally, I would say by Darlington, Southern 500 is when you kind of start seeing some of the, the cards fall into place, if you will. All righty. Well, listen, uh, we know you got some uh, uh, some drivers to still interview, and I know you've had a busy weekend uh, at Michigan. We appreciate you taking the time to uh, call in. Absolutely. And, you know, folks, if you wanted to check out our content, it's the podiumfinish.net. My handle is at Rob T. Johnson, and I'm also the one handling the at the podium finish. So give us a try, give us a follow, guys, and uh, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. I hope you all have a great Father's uh, Day week ahead. I don't know if you guys are fathers, but if not, um, hope you have a great time with your dads, and uh, I hope to be on again soon. Thanks so much. All right, awesome. Well, Thanks, man. Yeah, and uh, uh, we'll, get, we'll let you get back to work. So go go back to interviewing. Absolutely, and I just want to say happy birthday to my dad. I, I missed his birthday well, yesterday. Hey. So happy birthday, Dad! Uh, <laughs> thank, <laughs> happy birthday, Dad! I'll be back home in Texas tomorrow. All right, <laughs> thanks, thanks. Take care. Take care, all All righty. Well, he's down. I, mean, I think that's the first time we've ever had somebody that's right after the race ends. They're right there in the media center. 
Yeah, maybe we should just hire hire them to be like our, uh, you know, send them out. You know how they do like Jamie McMurray and Jamie Little, all of them in the booth. And then I love how you out. have all these grand plans. Hire, hire. <laughs> let's buy this. Hire, you know, let's hire this person. Where's that money coming from? Not from that mustache. <laughs> oh, no, stop! It's not coming stop. from that. I'm very embarrassed about this, and this, uh, I, I hate you right now. Okay. I hate yourself. You're the one who. Uh, I should have dyed my hair blonde instead of done this. But you you had all that time to do it, and you didn't do it. This is coming off immediately after we get up from this couch. No, I think you should. I don't think leave so. it on for the remainder of the week. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. All right, uh, other you thoughts. You should leave it on for next week and maybe the rest of the season. Maybe, right for that. Uh, other thoughts uh, from uh, Michigan. Michigan. I mean, I mean, you know, it was not a lot of um, not a lot of. You know, accidents. Uh, I know Austin Dillon kind of got into the wall oh, a little boy, bit. Eric Jones, you know, he Eric Jones had a good week last week at Pocono, and then he had problems today. Yeah, I, it's kind of what I expected from Michigan, just a train around the track, and then, um, you know, we'd see passing every once in a while. So it's it's definitely what I expected from Michigan. It, it, a lot better race than I I, I okay. I'll admit I thought there was going to be like over three second leads and stuff, but I'm impressed right. with, with how close they were able to race all race. So, so rating the race, what do you rate it? I mean, from a non biased standpoint, I give it like a six and a half. What's a ten for you? Bristol was a ten. Oh, that's of course. Name a better race better than that this year. And I see. I I still. He, you know, we talked to uh, Rob just now. He didn't think Joey Logano jumped the restart. I think he jumped the restart. That was. I think he jumped. I mean, the, that you was don't just the best restarter in the in the in the <laughs> league by that much. Off. No, I mean, it looked like he just. You know, NASCAR fans, I'm sure everywhere watching this race were probably standing up like we were. Uh, I think Jeff yeah. Gordon was like, "This is gonna, this this isn't gonna be the last restart." Everybody was talking about this is gonna be the craziest restart of the year of the year. And Joey Logano jumps the restart, and just there goes everything. Yeah, and then he got out of the car. You can tell when somebody knows they did something wrong when they avoid the question that was asked. And he did that right when he got out of the car there at the start yeah. finish line. So it's nothing. He shame did. on you. It's nothing he did behind the wheel, like skill wise. Right. Like I. You, I don't care what anybody says. You're not going to convince me that Joey Logano can gap Kyle Busch, knowing how good Kyle is as a restarter, by a car length and a half before they get to the second right. box. Yeah, you got to jump the restart to do that. That just doesn't happen. But I mean, we saw it at Kansas. Keselowski jumped the restart, won the race. Joey Logano jumped the restart, won the race. And honestly, I think, I, I think it's strategy because I think they're pushing the envelope, saying, "Okay, well, if I can jump it at the end of the race." With it being the end of the race like this, let's put NASCAR in the position to call it. It's just what they—it's what they do through tech. I mean, they—they they fiddle with the cars and see how far they can push the envelope for NASCAR to make the call. So I guess the next thing we got to work on is restarts and how NASCAR is going to judge hmm. that since we've played right. with this whole aero package right. and and stuff. So I, I think it's strategy. And I'll be interested to hear what Kyle Busch says about it because he had a front row seat to it. Yeah, I mean, so, he got got by a car length and a half before. Now, what the if box. Kyle says Joey got us? If he says that, then I I doubt it. I doubt it. There's no way. I mean, it just if you look at the restart and you see him gap him. I mean, it, everybody was called out. Everybody was going from third to fourth when Logano was already in fourth checking out. So it'd be it'd be hard to imagine Kyle saying he got us. Yeah. I I just can't right. imagine that. We'll see how this unfolds and. Uh... 
maybe if there's any update to that, we can talk about this next week on the podcast. If I mentioned Daniel Suarez to you and said, where'd he finish, what would you say? What would I say? Fourth? You, you, you know, I guess you know the top ten, don't you? I knew Kyle finished fifth. I knew Trix got third. And I had no idea Suarez was fourth. Where did he come from? I have no idea. And so, you know, Kyle ended up fifth. Brad was sixth. You had a huge points day, I think. We're not going to know... We're not going to know. Kyle might have got Actually, yes, we will know. If, you know, if we did the math, who'd you have? I had Dupinski Twins and Kyle. So you had Joey. I'll add it up right now. Okay, he got 50 points. 50 plus what? And then who, you had Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush. He had 37. Plus 37. And then you Keselowski. had Kozlowski. And he had 32. I got 119 points. So you got 119 points coming into this right. after Michigan. Uh, I had cut the lead after, d- after Pocono. Pocono. I had cut the lead down to 96. Man, right. Not to mention, I'm on back-to-back weeks where the pick driver I picked is one. Shut up. Um, all right, I had Truex. Okay, what do you had? He had 47. 47. I had Kyle Larson. Oh, my gosh. He was 14th. 27. Plus 27. Oh, my gosh. Chase Elliott, who you know shouldn't have pitted. 20. Oh, what a disastrous day. 94. Uh, so 119. Mm. So I, I gained 25 on you this week. So I had a 97 plus 96. 96. Now I have a 121 point mm. lead. Going into the off week, ton of momentum. I think we need way. a reset when NBC takes over. No. In Chicago, maybe Is we that, should. Do, do they do that when they in in Cup? Do they well, but reset? they do a point. They do a, they do do a points reset. Do they just <laughs> when the chase starts? Can do, we do a points reset when the chase starts? No. Stupid. Do, do they just erase all everybody's wins when NBC takes over and says we're just restarting Slide the season? Job. I'm yeah. gonna put you on the spot right now. All right, donkey of the day. Today? <laughs> no, tomorrow. Yesterday. Whoa! What? I didn't get one last week. Uh, Joey Logano. All right. Four. I could also give for jumping that restart. I could also give it to Chase Elliott. What? Putting it in the fence and then pitting. It doesn't get old. It never gets old. Chase was 11th when he came down pit road. I don't know what they thought they were doing. You were excited about it. You're like, oh, well, God. he was. Where was Larson too? I mean, I, I, I don't know no where Larson where was, was. But I, at one point, I was in pretty good shape. If Chase, well, had Joey not, Logano also almost put Larson in the fence earlier in the race. I mean, I, oh, Joey, Joey made some. Joey's just. You know, I think the, I think our, I think our listeners and wa- uh, people watching on YouTube know how we feel about Joey Logano. Um, so uh, yeah, we got a off week next week in terms of uh, racing. I yep. think we're going to do like a special show on Monday. Maybe we should go through all the drivers and talk about uh, silly season um, stuff and and um, you know the season. So we're almost at the halfway point. Uh, so we'll, we'll come up with something for next week. I'm sure there'll be some news and nuggets to talk about as well. It's got to be a DW tribute. Episode. Oh my gosh. That's right. So. That's right. We got to do our homework on DW. Yeah. For are sure. you focused on me or are you focused on this game that's on the TV? Look, it's the women's world cup. Canada is beating some team right now. One, nothing. No, USA that's a big lead. U.S. In soccer, it is. You know how hard it is to score in soccer? Give me the ball. I'll score in about 10 seconds. And Not with that mustache. Oh, shut up. Are you even rolling right now? Yeah. The people can see your mustache. Yes, and I'm not happy about it. Ugh. I hope, I hope actually, I hope this, this thing has stopped recording. So they can't see your mustache? Yes. Well, just know, this man looks like your local 
neighborhood guy who you tell your kids to stay away from and not trick-or-treat at his house. That's going to do it for us. Episode 26 in the books. Crash! Travel.